0: Welcome to another episode of Ed's Up, sponsored by the Southern Early Childhood Association. Ed's Up is a podcast all about children and those that care for them, hosted by Dr. Kathy Grace and Dr. Kenya Wolf with the Graduate Center for the Study of Early Learning at the University of Mississippi.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Kathy Grace and Kenya Wolf. We're back again with Ed's Up. And today, we're very honored to have two young people who are going to talk to us about something that a lot of people don't even know is a part of the early childhood profession and also is something that is critical for children who are in hospital settings or in other settings that would require some additional medical care. So I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Wolf and she will do the introductions. So Dr. Wolf, I'll turn it over
2: to you. Wonderful. Well, we are so fortunate today to have Diane Bales here. She is a professor and also the Child Life Program Director for the Human Development and Family Sciences at the University of Georgia. And she also brought a special guest. I'm going to let Diane introduce her. But first, Diane, will you tell us a little bit about yourself and what a child life specialist is? Sure, absolutely.
0: It's great to be here. Um, I am... Uh, As uh, Dr. Wolf mentioned, I am a professor. I have been at the University of Georgia almost 26 years, and for the last seven years or so, I have been the director of our academic program to prepare students to be child life specialists, and so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Child life specialists are child development experts child development professionals who work in medical settings to help children adolescents and their families Cope with the stressors of being hospitalized. So everything from understanding why am I here to what are they doing to me to what does this diagnosis mean? Uh, why you know what what is this procedure that I'm about to have? All of those kinds of things. And this is a good time for me to introduce uh, my colleague who's with me, Stephanie Whitten. She is our Child Life Clinical Coordinator, and most importantly, she is a certified Child Life Specialist herself. And so she's got the clinical experience to really help us address this topic as well. So Stephanie, welcome. We're glad you're here too.
3: Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, thank
2: you both for being here.
3: Kathy, you go ahead. I was just going
1: to ask both of them if they could just spend a minute or two telling us why this was appealing to them, why they chose this particular role, if there was something in their background or if this was something that was always in their dream. So if you could just take a second or two and just whichever one wants to go first, and explain just a little bit about how you got to where you are.
0: I'll start because I kind of got here by accident. Uh, we, The University of Georgia has had this program for, we think, between 25 and 30 years. And when a colleague of mine retired and we did not have a director for this program, my department head came to me and said, you have strong child development background, you would be a good one to direct this program. So I did a lot of research. I learned from the woman who had retired uh, before I agreed to do it, but um then did step in and um and agreed to direct this program. So it was not necessarily anything that I ever had sought out as a career at the beginning part you know, at the beginning part of my career. But I, now having learned as much as I have about this, I think it's something that I might have pursued all along if I had known about it when I, was, when I was a college student or when I was a graduate student.
2: That's one of the reasons why I wanted to invite you on the podcast, because not a lot of people know about Child Life Specialist or that it's even something that you should look for for your child or a career that could be a possibility. So what about you, Stephanie? Yeah, so mine is pretty interesting. So when
3: I was an undergraduate student at the University of Alabama, I was sort of this pre-med major. (laughs) I started taking classes such as biology and anatomy and all of those science-based classes, and I realized that that wasn't my career path. (laughs) A lot of those classes were a little difficult, and I really... Remember thinking after my freshman year of college, like, what exactly do I want to do? I need to try to figure out a major and declare a major and pursue this profession. Um, so I really thought, okay, what's what am I passionate about? What do I enjoy? And I thought about, you know, working with children, but I didn't really want to be a teacher or any type of educator directly in a classroom setting. So I'm actually someone who Googles a lot of things, and I Googled what you can do in the healthcare profession with kids, and the term child life specialist popped up on my Google search. Um, And thankfully, the University of Alabama had an undergraduate program for child life students, and I ended up pursuing that. And then I became a certified child life specialist, um, so I've been doing that for about 10 years. um, And I've actually fell in love with working with students in that setting, like training interns and practicum students. And so this Child Life Clinical Coordinator position at the University of Georgia became available, I applied, and that is how I'm now here in the academic side of things.
2: Can you tell us a little bit, for those who maybe don't do as much research or who haven't encountered, what does a child life specialist do kind of on their daily life, their schedule? What would it be typical um, in a daily so, it definitely varies. So,
3: um, child life specialists work in a variety of healthcare units or areas in the hospital. So, whether that be a surgery center, the emergency department, um, an inpatient ICU environment. So, every day is going to look different for each specialist. But day to day, it can be, you know, attending medical rounds, playing a part on the interdisciplinary team, and kind of gathering an assessment of like what's really going on with my patients today. And then from there, they prioritize their day and provide different psychosocial interventions. So that could be preparing a kid for a procedure, um, educating a child about their new diagnosis, helping a sibling understand what's going on with their brother or sister. Um, But we also do a lot of fun things, such as normalizing the hospital environment through play. So whether that's just having a normal play activity with kids Um, or doing therapeutic play activities so kids can express themselves and cope with all the difficulties and stressors that come along with hospitalization. So every day looks very different. Um, We also like document in the medical chart and have non-clinical responsibilities, whether that's working with donors and volunteers or special guests in the hospital that come to, you know, try to make the hospital a little bit more child-friendly and fun. So, but typical day to day, again, it varies.
1: Well, now, if I was going to be a hospital administrator, what would be some of the reasons that you could list that would be a benefit to my patients and also for doctors who might be needing to understand more about the work?
3: Yeah, I can start by answering mm-hmm. this one and then definitely chime in, um, Diane. But there's a lot of benefits. So for administrators, we actually, child life specialists, actually reduce cost and save money for patients and families because if we can pr- properly prepare a patient for, let's say, an MRI, and they can complete that MRI without sedation or any type of pharmacological agents, then we're saving the hospital money, right? Um, So we do a lot of things like that to reduce that cost. We also improve patient and family satisfaction. So there's a lot of evidence on this, Um, just our services that we provide and trying to really promote and advocate for family-centered care, it really drives um, higher scores on patient and family satisfaction. Also too, there's evidence that child life specialists, um, their interventions can also increase patient cooperation with procedures. So, for example, again, preparing a child for a procedure, you're giving a child control and mastery over that procedure so that they can hopefully cope well with that procedure. Um, So, if a kid is more cooperative, that allows the nurses and doctors to get that procedure or perform that procedure more safely and efficiently.
0: Exactly what I would have said.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, can I ask you
1: a question that is along the same line, but in terms of parents, You've talked about how your roles can certainly help ease anxiety and and some of the concerns about that the children would have. So how do you view your conversations with parents along that same line?
3: Um, I think working with parents is really important. So um, as Diane mentioned earlier, Child Life Specialists, we are experts on child development. But in reality, parents are experts on their child. So it's really a team effort and where that family-centered care comes in as far as really collaborating with the parents and saying, hey, this is what I know, sort of that textbook knowledge, right? But tell me more about the strengths of your child or your family dynamics and how can we bridge the gap to kind of work together so that, again, less anxiety, better coping in the hospital environment, I mean, I have so much experience working with families in healthcare, but really trying to advocate on their behalf too. Right? As a child life specialist, we we develop a lot of great rapport with parents, and they share things with us. So we're sort of that middle person between the healthcare team and the family, and we can really kind of go it back for them and advocate for them at times um, across many dimensions as well.
0: The other thing that I see that, uh, child life specialists do really is help parents sometimes when they need to explain, when they need to be the one to explain something to their child, it's helping them find the words. How, how can I tell my child, especially if it's something difficult? If, you know, a procedure is not going, not going well or diagnosis is not going as, as they might expect. So giving, helping them find the words, helping them practice sometimes and then supporting them, you know, while they're talking to the child.
2: I will share um, my first experience with a child life specialist was as a director of a center where we had a little boy that was diagnosed with cancer and his child life, he had missed a lot of school and his child life specialist came to the classroom to read a book about cancer and to share why their classmate was out and ways that they could support their classmate when he returned to school. And it was such a powerful visit. And um, it made a huge difference. I hadn't thought about a child life specialist working with a classroom um, to prepare that class for for what was going to happen with this child. So...
0: And there are some child life specialists that that is one of their primary jobs is school school reentry, helping both the child and the family, but also the classmates, the teachers to understand that. And even those who that's not their their primary job, sometimes that becomes a part of their responsibility.
3: Yeah, for for example, when I worked um, in oncology, so patients with cancer, I did a lot of school reentry, whether that would be over Zoom, or um, we had a group come to the hospital in time and actually did support with them and just educating them of like, okay, when this patient comes back to school, you know, they may not have hair. So why is that? And how can we not treat them differently? And how can we best
2: support them on a peer to peer level too? That's awesome. So I'm curious, if a hospital doesn't have a child life specialist, um, how would someone go about finding one? Yes.
3: So if a hospital doesn't have a child life specialist or maybe you're maybe you're in a pediatric hospital and you haven't met a child life specialist, I think it's always worth asking. But let's say you are in a hospital that doesn't employ child life specialists. There are some other options that you could potentially try to connect with. Um, Child life is starting to expand again a little bit more outside of the hospital setting now. So there are two programs that I can think of that come to mind. One of them is called Child Life on Call. Um, it's a website as well as a podcast, but they offer resources to families as well as virtual visits. So so more like a private practice almost. Um, and another one that I can think of is actually called Hearts Connected. It's actually based out of Atlanta, I believe. Um, but they ha- employ child life specialists throughout the country and they can do the same thing as far as providing resources and virtual visits. But I think, too, if there isn't a child life specialist around, I think parents can definitely reach out to the medical setting or healthcare setting and, you know, get an idea of what their child is going to expect and learn as much as possible. So that way they can at least try to prepare their child for what's to come um, during their visit.
1: As you know, many hospitals across the country are in dire straits as far as being able to stay open. In Mississippi, we have had to close many rural hospitals, which has been very detrimental, of course, to the health of the entire communities. We have a couple of places in the Mississippi area. Well, one is at St. Jude and also other big hospital uh, systems in Memphis, Tennessee. The other is at the University of Mississippi uh, Batson Center for Young Children. Some people end up going to Tulane uh close by and at LSU on that Louisiana area. Uh, but again, so many children are in situations where they don't have the the means or the wherewithal to have that kind of support or connections. Uh, you mentioned these that are online that are I, I assume free if a parent wants to assess, you know, access those. But how would we in other communities across the country, that people who may be listening to this, how would they be able to know about these particular resources so that they could provide that to children or parents of children who are not in the metro areas?
0: So there are a number of places that uh, people can find resources There is a national association called the Association of Child Life Professionals, ACLP we call it. Childlife.org is their website. So there are a lot of resources there, particularly resources for professionals who are in the field or who, or are pursuing this as a credential, but there are some resources for families as well. Many of the bigger children's hospitals also have really good resources for families. They have blog posts. They have short videos. They have things that they would use to prepare children in their own setting, but they're also available on their website. So that's often where I'll go if I'm looking for, for an example of something to share with students. I'll go to some of the bigger children's hospitals in some of the bigger cities and see if they have any resources that they can, that they can share as well.
2: Thank you so much. Well, I'm curious, you both have experience with training child life specialists. If I were interested in that or if there were someone else out here listening who wanted to be a child life specialist, kind of what is the path? What certifications or educational background requirements um exist
0: there are multiple paths there are multiple ways to get to being a a child life specialist there are basically three components that you have to have to fulfill there's there you need a minimum of a bachelor's degree there are also master's programs so master's degrees are are possible with some specific coursework that's specified by the profession And then um, some pre-internship experiences with children. Those can be in the hospital, outside the hospital, having that really deep knowledge and understanding of what children are like, both in medical and non-medical settings. And then the the other major requirement is a minimum 600-hour internship supervised by child life specialists and so that is a a competitive process and so we spend a lot of time working with students helping them to get the best educational experiences and the best pre-internship experiences so that as they apply for internships they are very competitive kinds of candidates.
3: Once a student gets through all of that and completes their internship then they are eligible to sit for a certification exam. Um, It's 150 questions, um, like a multiple choice exam. Then if they pass it, they get the credential CCLS, which stands for
2: Certified Child Life Specialist. Well, thank you so much. It's certainly evident that you all care about children and are making a difference in their lives. So we really appreciate you sharing your expertise with us. Thanks so today. much for having us. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us today for Ed's Up. If you have an early education topic you'd like to discuss, let us know about it at edsup at olmiss.edu. The Ed's Up podcast is a production of the Graduate Center for the Study of Early Learning at the University of Mississippi. The views and opinions of podcast participants are solely those of the individual. Individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the university, its employees, or any affiliated entity.